We are live. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Embodiment <laughs> of Soul Care podcast number 12. I'm Kelly. This is my sister-in-law, Casey. I think by now you probably know if you have been tuned in who the hell we are, but I'm just telling you in case you've had too much to drink like us tonight. <laughs> We've decided to change from tea to g and T's. It still has tea in it, so I'm all about it. All right. So if this starts to go, yeah, exactly. If this starts to get a little scrambly about 15, 20 minutes into it, you know why. Casey already made it very clear to me that hers is a little stiff. So I'll let her go first tonight so that uh, maybe I can make a bigger fool of myself at the end. So it's kind of interesting what we've decided to do this week. Um, Instead of doing our normal where we have one topic and we both talk about that topic, we've decided to give each other a question. And we gave each other a question, what, two weeks ago? On Uh the fourth. Wasn't it on the fourth? We gave each other each a question. And we haven't talked. We haven't discussed what our answers are to those questions. And we thought that it would just be really neat to kind of have it be a little bit more organic and see how things flow out, our conversation, how it ends up going or not going, and figure out from there, you know, some true answers that we haven't, you know, co-created, and rather um, one person has given their complete and total input and attention to over the last two weeks, even though I just gave my attention to it like maybe a day or two ago, because I'm that on top of things (laughs) these days. (laughs) But I have been thinking about it for two weeks. I just haven't given it full attention. So this is going to get interesting because Casey's, um, they're both about ego and spirit. And they also, one of them has to do with parenting and the other has to do with, you know, kind of the consciousness and unconsciousness of knowing when you are in ego and spirit. And that's actually the question that I gave Casey. So I am going to hand the floor to her and I'm going to first start with my question so that everybody's clear on what it is that I asked her. So I asked her, how do you know when you are coming from ego versus spirit in terms of conversation, how you're thinking, all of that good stuff. So I'm interested to hear this because this is a question that you don't specifically get answers to from, you know, spiritual leaders or gurus. They just kind of like be there, be in it, you know, feel it. And it's like, what am I feeling? What am I being like? What are you talking about? Am I communicating through my ego right now or am I with my spirit? So this is going to be cool. I'm excited. Casey, I hope you're really going to bring it. Oh, sister. No pressure. No pressure. All right. All right. Let's hear great. Cause like the first part of my answer, um, was going to be really unsatisfying. And I love that, you know, because I mean, ultimately, of course, the answer is like, only, you know, right. Only the person knows ultimately their own truth. And are they coming from ego? Are they coming from spirit? And what I love about that is sometimes we do go to gurus or teachers to be like, please teach me how to figure this Mm -hmm. out so that then I know, and then I can do it. Right. Versus the flip, which is like, I don't know when am I, I mean, that's where the journey is, right? Like when am I coming from ego? When am I coming from spirit? If you really are on a spiritual journey, you can't help but ask yourself that over and over and over again. And that's how you know, right? Like if you're on a serious spiritual journey, you're asking yourself that period. And you're trying to come up with answers, whether you have one or not, you still keep trying, you know, maybe you have, (laughs) maybe you don't, but you keep trying to uncover and maybe dig a little deeper and go a little deeper with, wow, I just found a whole new level in when mm-hmm. I know I'm coming from spirit versus when I'm coming right. from ego. So kind of the first part is like, 
that's for you to discover for every person. Um, and what I love about it too, is like, we want really clean answers. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, and that's half the reason mm -hmm, why we go to mm -hmm. teaching gurus or, um, you know, want to take classes like, okay, teach me a clean answer. We want that with politics. We want that with parenting. We want that with our own spiritual right. learnings. We want a right and a wrong. We want a black and a white. We want a this and a that. We want to, okay, here's the absolute delineation, right? Here's, here's right. the line. And this is ego and this is spirit acting like that line doesn't, you know, kind of shift a little bit or yeah. um, depending on where you're at in your life or what's going on that day or maybe what you ate for breakfast. I don't know, right? Like there's so many factors that can yep. come into play. Um, <clears throat> so the other part I love about um, kind of even just, that's kind of where I started even thinking about it. Like, wow, you know, for every person, it could be a little different. And also, you know, there's no set answer. Um, but it put me in this beautiful space of inquiry. The last few weeks, I actually really enjoyed playing with this and something really cool oh, nice. because part of me wanted an answer. I'm like, damn, like, how do right. I, how do I come up with something useful to actually share with people? Cause it kind of made me realize, wow, I don't know exactly how to delineate. Cause it's sometimes, you know, just a feeling or a sense, like you almost mm -hmm. aren't thinking about it until usually until something doesn't go the way you want it to. And then you all of a sudden realize you were thinking from right. ego because, you know, one of the biggest ways, you know, that you're coming from ego is you're attached. You're right. upset. And which usually happens when things don't go the way you want it. If they're going the way you want it, you kind of feel in the flow, you feel in spirit, like, Oh, this is great. And then boom, let's say you hit a brick wall or something all of a sudden happens that you were like, no, right. no, this is not how this was supposed to go. I was following spirit. It was going great. And then right. you know, what the hell, right? So that's a moment when you absolutely know mm -hmm. that part of it at least was being fueled by ego because otherwise, no matter how anything goes, if you're coming from spirit, there is nothing occurs as wrong. Nothing occurs as like, oh my gosh, how could that happen? Right. Right. Um, so that's kind of like the main hallmark of how, you know, if you're coming from ego or spirit, is there any upset? Is there any attachment? And I'm talking like any, you know, I'm talking right. even one shred and here's what's cool. Okay. So here's what was super fun um, that came out. So this was my shower moment. Do you remember when I texted you and I was like, oh my God, Kelly, I just had the coolest answer occur to me. Right. Oh, yeah, like yeah. In terms of, and I've really been playing with this and what's so funny. So, um, just on our last podcast on number 11, I brought up this book, Power Versus Force. Right. And I hadn't thought about it in years, but it was a very powerful book, you know, for me at the time. And it's always stuck with me. And um, <clears throat> what I realized was, you know, so I'll just kind of recap it in case somebody didn't see last week or here. I'll kind of, so this is the map of consciousness. And it's okay. a gentleman named David R. Hawken, and he um, calibrated the levels of human consciousness. And it kind of goes from zero to a thousand. And I had mentioned last week that the, the increase is exponential. So down at zero is negative and up at a thousand is the most positive, you know, the most right. expansive. Um, and in between it increases exponentially. And so his delineation, you know, you kind of get like down at, you know, more in the negative unconscious levels, you have shame, guilt, apathy, grief, fear, desire, anger, pride. And then once you get to the level of 200, you hit courage, um, which is the, the base level of empowerment. And I had shared that right around the 80s and 90s, like humanity as a whole finally popped over the 200 line. Like the 200 mark is a major delineation between, um, you know, the title of the book, force is below, power is above. Um, unconsciousness right. is below, consciousness is above. 
you know, fear is below, love is above, you know, kind of give it the duality words you want to apply to it. Um, but 200 is this major right. delineation point where you're finally popping into empowerment, positivity, um, you know, those emotions that are going to expand you and, and lift you and raise your consciousness in this lifetime, in this life path. And so what I realized, like, let's say, you know, you're down here, I'll kind of, um, just for fun, I'll kind of bring my little chart out here. So what's really cool is like, you know, you've got, okay, so you've got zero at the bottom, right? And then you kind of go up to a thousand and a thousand, you know, levels of consciousness. This is the avatars of consciousness, you know, right. Jesus, Mary Magdalene, Buddha, mm -hmm. Mother Mary, Isis, Hathor, you know, Kuan Yin, um, Krishna, you know, Krishna, so yeah. these are the individuals that have vibrated, you know, at a thousand while they were on the planet. And what I was reading too, he was like one individual vibrating at a thousand, like literally counteracts all of humanity. I was like, that's beautiful. Like in terms yeah. of energetically, you know, like you literally right. counteract all that sea of negativity that's out there through that one avatar. Which makes sense why we haven't like totally exploded. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Like you can have 12 individuals that if they're, you know, like ranging up here, it literally, it's so Saves true. Like, everybody. Why did we suddenly like have just a couple things that happened that we didn't devolve into the nuclear cold war that it didn't actually right. manifest, right. right? That's exactly right. why it wasn't because, you know, humanity was so smart yep. out of it. No, there were so many moments, right? Like you're saying, right. we almost went there, but yep. it was this that kept us mm -hmm. out. That's exactly it. Yeah. And that's why this work is so beautiful. Your own personal work, like you are so powerful in any personal conscious work you do. Consciousness yep. work. Okay. So if we've got this line <clears throat> kind of around 200 to 250, and what I love about the 250 mark is um, it's the delineation of neutrality. You know, and I've oh. shared a lot about my journey and how it was really in the last year that I finally, I mean, I've been working towards neutrality, like right. really working at it where I could hold a center point and hold a point of neutrality. Mm -hmm. um, and that's around 250. So 200, you kind of okay. break above and then 250 is the point of neutrality. So that's where, um, you know, you're really finally starting to be able to work with your consciousness mm -hmm. and be conscious of coming from spirit. Am I coming from spirit? Am I coming from ego? That's where this question is even going to occur to you. Oh, okay. Right? Because before that, right. you're so living down here, you know, you're so living in ego. I mean, you wouldn't even like have the thought or the question. It's not really like a thing for you. You're not on right. that kind of path, but here's what's sense. cool. So let's say you're down at like, you know, kind of 30 or 50 you're in, um, what was the, you know, you're in grief or, or no, I was trying to say guilt or blame or, you know, even up here, anger, yeah. one of those. So here's what's cool. I had mentioned last week, like, let's say you're on 50, which is apathy. You know, you're just kind of like apathetic. I can't do anything. I'm depressed, you know, some version of that, right? You know, you're coming. So that's ego. Anything down here as you're descending, you're coming from ego. Okay. Anything you do to ascend, anything. I'm talking one point. I'm talking half a point. I'm talking anything. So, you know, I mentioned if you go from apathy at 50 up to 150, which is anger, that's actually, you're now coming more from spirit. You have spirit because anger has more consciousness because at least it may have you be in action. It may have, you know, it raises right. your consciousness okay. level. So what I realized was that, you know, you're coming from spirit anytime you raise the level of consciousness, that spirit. And the point of this is that you do not have to be operating at a thousand your whole life to be coming from, do you see what I mean? So it's like right, any yeah. little thing you do to come from spirit counts and it counts exponentially. And that 
is a very positive thought. Do you know what I mean? It's not that you have to, okay, well, if you don't vibrate at a thousand and you're not Jesus and you're not perfect your whole life, right? Well, then your life is a waste. No, that's not the point at all, right? So um, if you're descending in a level of consciousness, you're coming from ego. If you're ascending in a level of consciousness, any little bit, you're coming from spirit. Um, Because here's the other piece, and this is what was so cool that came out of this for me, Kelly, because I've been in this mental um, kind of a bit of a conundrum for the last year since I've kind of been in the space of neutrality. So I'm a big fan of the 80-20 rule. And the 80-20 rule is some version of like, you know, it's even like if you're on a diet, right? If you're on a diet, do the diet 80% of the time, but the other 20, like kind of cheat, kind of do your thing. Enjoy yourself. (laughs) Enjoy yourself a little, like do not try and do the diet absolutely 100% because that's usually when you fail because you're trying to be so perfect and so rigid that there's no flexibility. And eventually you're just like, okay, screw the whole thing. And then you don't do any diet, right? So it's like, so I kind of, and I've, I've really looked at that principle in so many areas of life and it really kind of carries over. I mean, the original principle is like 20% of your effort will produce 80% of your results in life. So figure out the 20% Mm -hmm. that really is going to drive the 80%. I mean, you could say the same thing with consciousness, right? Like uh, even if you do the important 20% and you're coming from spirit for the most part, like 80% of your life is going to flow pretty well, you know, so figure out what that critical 20% is. But so here's what I've been struggling with a little bit, because I feel like when you're in when you're operating, you know, in the, in the lower, more contracted levels of consciousness down here, just in life, just in general, um, I, you know, it's kind of that thing where you feel like life is just constantly coming at you and you're just like, oh my God, like you're just drowning and things keep happening. And you're like, oh my gosh, if one more thing happens, right. And then that one more mm-hmm. thing happens. happens so always. there's times like, <laughs> well, it does. Right. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like there's kind of this funny little 80, 20 rule. Like you're, you know, 20% life's going to flow pretty well, but 80%, like you're just going to feel like it's coming at you, coming at you. Wow. I hope I get through another day. That's kind of that, you know, mentality. It's it. And he calls this down here, the survival, you know, this is where you're in survival. And it feels like that, right? 80% of the Absolutely. time you feel like you're surviving. Maybe 20% of the time you feel like, wow, I'm thriving. I feel good, but that's not a good ratio, right? But that's really, if we really look at it, 85% of the world lives from that more 2080 standpoint, you know, and that's why life occurs right. is hard. That's why we suffer. That's why there's so much mm-hmm. um, heavy energy as we've talked about. And so then I felt like, okay, I got to more of this neutral place where I could at least hold my energy there a consistent part of the time. And my worldview in that place was more 50, 50. And it was kind of like, you know, cause I'm looking at politics or I'm looking at anything. Right. And it's like, I can see this side, and I can see this side, you know, I could kind of see both sides pretty equally. Um, if there was like, I was kind of talking a few podcasts back. It's like, let's say somebody enacts a policy, right? There's going to be really good, any policy. I'm talking about any policy, you know, that some politician or somebody comes up with and, and mostly they come from wanting to make a difference. They come from wanting to help people, you know, and about 50, and I've, I've tracked this over the years. I look and I'm like, Oh, okay. There's kind of half the outcomes that went pretty well, or at least had, you know, maybe some unintended consequences. Wow. That actually went better than they thought. And then there's kind of the 50%. You're like, wow, they did not see that coming. You know, like that did right. not go well. Right. And, and other people may have different opinions about what that 50, 50 is. But if you really look at the world, like so much of the time, it shows up in this duality where, you know, we're good and evil, we're right and wrong. And it can get really messy and confusing because that's kind of how we created this reality to keep us really distracted and in ego in the lower, you know, sections. But, um, 
you know, if you kind of look at it and even in your own life and I was kind of feeling that way too. It's like, okay, you know, um, 50%, I feel like I hold real strong. I'm doing real good, you know? And then the other 50, man, it can, it can take me off on a tangent. Like when the whole COVID thing hit, right? Like I wasn't right. perfectly centered and didn't get yanked off my center one bit. No, I mean, right. I got, I got some pull, you know, but Hey, 50% of it held strong. Amen. Right. The other yeah. 50 kind of got messed with and kind of went through its little hurricane, you know, and I had to really bring it back to center. And so where that left me was like, okay, how do I, it was almost like, how do I break this 50-50 barrier? You know, where 50%, I feel like I'm coming from ego and 50%, I feel like I'm coming from spirit. And I didn't realize like how much it was present for me until you brought this question up because it's really present for me. Cause I'm kind of like, yeah, except like, I'm not willing to settle, you know, like, cause I've grown mm -hmm. so much. I used to live 20, 80. Now I live 50, 50. Right. Like, how do you live 80, 20, you know, at the very least. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was kind of like, right. no, but the world's 50, 50. And I'd kind of had this res resignation almost that I was, that wasn't mm -hmm. conscious, but I had unconsciously resigned myself to 50, 50. It's a world of duality. It's uh -huh. 50, 50, da, 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 da. Right. And what this really brought up for me, I was like, oh, this is so great because what I saw, you know, as you keep ascending, then this is where you start experiencing more of the 80-20 is up here. It's when you, right. you know, kind of break through. And his other main delineation is around 500. And the level of 500 is um, unconditional love. You know, it's when you really start coming from a place of centeredness, unconditional love. Um, you know, so kind of between the 500 to 1,000 is all the great consciousness avatars of, you know, any time, right? Right, um, right. And so I was like, that's why as you ascend in consciousness, which means you're coming more from spirit, it doesn't mean you're coming a hundred percent of the time from spirit all the time. No, like, mm -hmm. and, and I was going to bring up this example, you know, I mean, even being a parent, you know, or let's say there's somebody in life you really care about and that person dies, leaves the physical body. You, you mm -hmm. plummet at least part of yeah. you to grief, right. grief is right. a, you know, okay. 30, I think, you know, but it's like, but that's your personality, you know? So it's kind of this distinction, you know, I kind of thought of like three levels, which remind me, I need to get to that. Um, sorry, this is like a really long answer, but I really had oh, too much fine. fun with it. Um, so I'll get back to the three levels, but it's like, you know, you kind of plummet down there. Now a part of you, let's say, you know, that you usually operate at a level of consciousness of 400, 500, whatever, you know, a lot of you is still there, but there's a part of you, you know, that's down at 30 and that can only come from ego. You can only grieve from ego. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean, it's only a no, personality no, no, yeah. that can grieve an, the loss of another personality. The spirit does not grieve because the spirit mm -hmm. has the whole picture and knows we're just here on an adventure, on a journey. The right. body is just a skin suit. You know, the spirit doesn't grieve a skin suit. That doesn't mean you don't have love. So don't equate what I'm saying, spirit and love. It's not that spirit doesn't have compassion right, right, right. or deep, deep love. But it's, it is the ego. It is the personality part of you that's in grief or that descends mm -hmm. into anger or that, you know what I mean? So it's like, you can yeah, have a part absolutely. of you that's largely operating from spirit. You can have parts of you that descend, you know, throughout. I mean, don't we all have that experience? I mean, there's sometimes you feel bipolar, right? It's like part of you is literally like, no, I'm good. I mean, I felt this through COVID. Right. I literally felt like right. half of you was like, no, I'm good. I'm solid. And the other half was like, what are you talking about? This is, you know, like kind of spinning <laughs> around, right? Spinning in the unconscious yeah. levels. Um, so I think that's something good but, to keep yeah. in mind. And that's where I was saying, mm -hmm. it's not a clean answer. Don't expect yourself to be coming from one or the other. 
okay, I'm coming from this or that. What if right. you're coming from a mixture of all of it? And that's kind of why I'm bringing up these percentages just to have you think about it. Mm -hmm. Like, well, I don't know. There's probably moments throughout the day, you know, you're kind of coming from 80, 20, 50, 50, 20, 80, and anywhere in between, right? And until you have literally become 100% enlightened, you know? And even then, I like to point out, it's like, you know, it doesn't mean your life goes perfectly. I've said this before. I mean, Jesus was crucified, you know, but it didn't matter to him. The spirit right. wasn't upset right. about that. But keep in mind, you know, I kind of think we have to keep in mind that this reality is built um, for some pretty interesting things to happen. You know, it just because yes. you're vibrating at a consciousness of a thousand doesn't mean that life doesn't happen. Doesn't mean that shit right. doesn't happen. Right. You know, doesn't mean that you're not still operating in this this dream. You know, this simulation mm -hmm. that we've created, where there's good and evil, where there's um, I don't know, just a lot of conflicting intentions and energies that create all these really interesting situations, right? Um, right. Just like Jesus, you know, I mean, his life had an interesting ending. It doesn't mean he wasn't vibrating at a thousand. I mean, you can still be fully enlightened and get cancer. You can, that's what, that can happen in this reality. You know, you can be at the lower levels of consciousness and get cancer. You can be up here. Um, one really mm -hmm. funny thing I love, Gary Bernard has said this and he was like, he talks about a couple of gurus and um, he's like, you know, you almost can't be in this reality unless you have some ego. And that's part of my point is like, you have to even have a shred of ego or you would literally disappear. Like your body molecules would disappear. It, you, ego is what holds you here in 3D. I mean, that's the game. You created an yeah, ego so you'd be cool here way. in an avatar yes. body. And here's what he would mm -hmm. say. So there was um, like one guru who was addicted to chocolate, totally enlightened, except addicted mm -hmm. to chocolate, but conscious of the fact oh. that they're like, okay, the second, but I got to be addicted to chocolate because it's all I have keeping me here, you know? And that was their thing. Like they stayed yeah. addicted to chocolate on purpose. And there was another one, like she was, you know, like really enlightened um, and was totally like neutral and unconditional love about everything except her niece, her niece, if anything was happening with her or somebody was messing with her, like it would get to her, right? Like she would engage in her niece's drama because she was like a daughter to her. And she right. said to her followers, she said, you'll know I'm about to go when my niece's drama no longer engages me. And I'm at a place of, you know, neutrality or whatever That's you want to call it. Thought. Yeah. And she literally, when it happened, she literally died like almost right after. And her followers were just like, oh my gosh. Right. So I find that to be wow. really interesting because the point is you're never going to come a hundred percent from spirit on this planet. You're right. going to have even a shred of ego. You know, even Jesus right. had some tiny shred that he was just like, okay, cool. You know, I'm here, but, um, okay. One last point and then we'll move on. Um, the other thing I thought found really powerful, um, as I was thinking about, okay, if I'm thinking about coming from spirit, I feel like there's kind of different levels of spirit as well. Like I kind of thought of the first level as like, you know, cause I believe in the three brains, um, mm -hmm. you know, the mind, the heart and the gut. And if you right. think about, cause I was thinking about spirit in terms of guidance, you know, what's guiding you through life. Isn't that why we want to know, am I coming from spirit or ego? Because we want to feel guided. We want to feel supported. So the word guidance right. came to me. So the mind, heart, gut, brain, you know, um, I call it the intuitive guidance. You can have three brains. That's what I'm trying to say. And that's your level of intuitive guidance. And that's, that's kind of like, you know, the, the physical level of guidance that we have here, right. you know, and that can be, cause, cause here's what's funny. It's like, we want spirit to care whether we eat chicken or fish, you know, or whether, oh, is that, do I have an allergy to this? You know, even like physical things, we want spirit to care, you know? And right. so I think there's three levels of spirit and it's good to keep in mind, like, yeah, there is a level of intuitive guidance that does care about that. 
It might care what your diet is. It, you know, it cares, you know, because we've talked a lot about the body. It cares about your embodiment. It cares about it if you're healthy, if you're exercising, if you're putting the right things in, if you need a particular supplement, you know, that is right. your level of intuitive guidance. And that is a level of spirit um, being in touch with it. You can't be in touch with right. your intuitive guidance unless you are being guided by spirit. So that's kind of, you know, mm -hmm. level one. Um, and then let me see. I'm like blinking a little bit here. Where's my level two? Too much G and T. Oh, Actually, you oh haven't even gosh. been drinking any of yours. Yes, drink. Seriously. Okay. <laughs> level two, yes, is the level of spirit. Um, kind of like, I'm calling it like spirit guidance or angel guidance. You know, it's kind of like yeah. your guides, your angels, sort of the um, non-embodied entities that are helping to right. guide you, whether it's an energy, whether mm -hmm. it's an angel, you know, things like that. So it's like kind of, you know, part of yourself. Um, I love what Jill says. She calls it your team. You know, it's basically yeah, it's, your it is cosmic, your, team. your energetic team yep. that's constantly helping you, supporting you, rooting you on. But mm -hmm. the point is when you're coming from ego, they can't really talk to you and you can't really hear them anyways. It's only when you're expanded right. and you're coming from spirit that their guidance can actually be heard and flows mm -hmm. through you, which is why sometimes we feel so alone in this life because we're so closed off. We're so low oh, in the exactly. levels of consciousness. They can't get through. And that's not their fault. You know, it's not like it's our right. fault either for us to blame ourselves, but it's like, you have to realize unless you have a particular level of expansion on those levels of consciousness, you have to be above, you know, that baseline. Um, then their guidance can right. come through and the higher you are all the way up to a thousand, the more and more and more they're going to come through, the more you're going to hear them, right. exactly. the more you're going to know them mm -hmm. as a part of yourself that is guiding you through this mm -hmm. experience. Um, exactly. and then, you know, kind of the ultimate level, which I'm talking about, like right at a thousand, you know, it's that step where like God's hand is right there and you're, you're right there, you know? And it's kind of like, cause you're, ultimately, you're yeah, like, you know, you could, you're, you're free. <laughs> you're completely a hundred percent free. You can choose to be here. You can choose to not be here. You're not attached to right. anything, anything, right? Like there's zero right. attachment, zero upset, zero ego. That's when you vibrate mm -hmm. off the planet and you know, your molecules disappear. Right. Um, you know, because that's a level where you're, spirit that is not of this world that only holds the one truth the one truth that you are always at home with god always this bodysuit is not always. real you know none of this is real the only thing that's real is the love of god literally mm -hmm. end of story and that's the ultimate level of spirit that's that's the highest level of spirit you're fully in that knowledge you're fully in revelation you're fully home in every single just I mean, I can't say ounce or cell because you don't have them anymore. I was about to right. say that. That's hilarious. Um, so I kind of found it really helpful to think of the levels as well, you know, kind of like the physical level, the intuitive guidance, the level of energetic support and energetic guidance, and then just the ultimate level that encompasses it all um, that you don't need to worry about attaining here. You know, people strive for enlightenment. I mean, why are we caring about listening to spirit versus ego? Well, because, you know, we are, we're, we're reaching for enlightenment. We're reaching for expansion. Exactly. That's a beautiful goal. That's a beautiful path. Yeah. Keep doing that, you know, but do not expect perfection is my point. You know, you're going to have a mixture and you're going to have ego while you're on this planet. And that's how it's designed and be right. at peace with that. So, okay. It's time for me I to take it. a drink. And, and what yeah, do you think, Kelly? <laughs> I, I think that that was an incredible answer. And and the reason why I think that is because the way that you stated it does give, well, at least it gives me kind of like a sense of break. Yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's what I wanted um, it to do. Yeah. And, and it, and it, and it brings up that whole idea for me too, um, that we are here to also live the human experience. Yeah. You know, so yeah, we're going to have the run-ins with ego constantly. We're going to, we're going to be confronting it. We're going to be dealing with it on a daily basis. And that's part of our growth and that's part of our spirit growth. You know, um, if it weren't for the ego, then we wouldn't be coming to this plane to try and expand because there'd be nothing to expand from. Mm -hmm. And it, and I think that ego is as much as I can't stand it and try to fight it, you know, I mean, it's true. I mean, it, 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 it hits me in the head. I don't know, like 500 million times a day, but it's like, as much as I can't stand it, it makes you so consciously aware mm-hmm. of where you're standing and the improvements that need to be made in order to become a more, um, I guess, to, to ascend, like you said, to ascend to that thousand, to ascend to the hand of God, you know, because I, I mean, I personally, and I know you too, I don't want to be dying here with all this shit left to figure out. I don't, I just don't, I don't, I want to ascend as much as I possibly can before I leave here because hell, I'd like to come back in my next life, but I'd like to be like, you know, a guru or, or, you know, like a monk that sits and is just quiet all day or whatever the hell and have that position where I can rest while I'm here, you know, instead of that constant fight and that constant battle. Yeah. The con- the fight though and the battle are fun. And I-, I like that you brought that up. I like that, you know, you really helped me to see it a little bit clearer. And also, like I said, to relax on it. And I think that the only thing I wanted to add to that is I think sometimes what we need to realize too, is that we're here to the ego mixes with our spirit mind. And then we have that spirit, like literally a spirit mind. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it, you're yes. still, the mind is thinking, but it's yes. intertwined with the spirit. Yes. So you're speaking from the spirit through the mind, or you're thinking from the mind into the spirit, instead of having it be separated from ego to spirit. Yeah. Instead they're coming together as yeah. one whole psychological movement. Yeah. And that is, you know, that's, that's kind of, I think in a sense, my goal you know, not to just become like totally, but, but, but to have those two mesh together so that my everyday communication, my everyday actions are working in, in cognition. Like we're going together, we're going, we're doing this together, you know, Oh, Hey, you're speaking out of turn and recognizing it. And that's a huge part too, is that recognition. So I loved it. Thank you. Yeah. And I love what you said, because I feel like the breaking point is that 50, 50, you know, like once yes. you've kind of broken that barrier, it's almost like a glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. Once you've at least finally broken through that glass ceiling, now you can play a little, I feel like below right. that, it doesn't feel like play. It feels like work. And I can say this from experience mm. on my own spiritual journey. It just feels like a lot of work. You're constantly working to like yeah. come from spirit and not ego, you know, versus once right. you kind of break that glass ceiling, then there is a little more play. Like you're saying, you can come from there. You can kind of have it weave in and out a little bit more. You can have it just feel lighter and it's not right. so much a fight anymore. You know, once you've right. kind of gotten there, then you can kind of intermix them. Yeah. It's almost reminded mm-hmm. me of like oil and water or something, you know, before it's like, they don't mix. They just don't mix. They don't right. play nice right. in the sandbox. Um, 
But once you break that barrier, then you can kind of play and intermix and have more fun with it. So I love how you said that and brought that piece in because I think that that's why we strive to kind of get there. And then you just have some freedom and some lightness to play around with it. Yeah. And that's, and there's your key word right there is the freedom. Yeah. And, and I think that yeah. the second that everybody starts to just, oh my gosh, okay, take that weight off. Like, all right, I'm going to feel free. I'm going to, I'm going to feel lighter. Yeah. Then they start to connect mm-hmm. the mind to the spirit, you know, yes. because yes. it's like, okay, well, we can work together. We can do this together. We can, we can, you know, we can make this happen. Yeah. I just have to be calm. I have to relax. I have to be you know, a little bit less tense and in that box, like you said, that 50, I mean, that 50, that below 50 is a box. Oh yeah. And you feel that you feel like, and we (laughs) all have been there, every one of us. And I'm sad to say that some people, that's all they exist in, Mm -hmm. you know, but, but there is the lesson for those that exist in that 50 is that use that as a way to excel. Because that is a huge, huge rocket for you yeah. to take and excel up. Because hell, you, you know what it feels like more than anybody to be absolutely at the bottom of the pits. Yeah. And you know what you want to feel like. So get there. Yeah. And those people, those people are the ones that go like way past you and I yeah. in a matter of a minute. Totally. Yeah. Because they have been so low and then suddenly it's like, whoosh, they're just, they're there. They're connected. Pop, you know, like pop over to that corresponding point, you know, all the way up. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's unbelievable. I've seen it. I've seen it a million times with these people where I'm like, whoa, weren't you just like slitting your wrists? I know. Right. And now, and now you're telling me how to live. This is amazing. I mean, it's the same. And I mean, if we go through, I mean, even like Eckhart Tolle, you know, he was suicidal. Oh, um, he's the way, best example. Yeah. yeah. I mean, went from the bottom of the pits to suddenly like. Oh, seriously. Mr. Now, literally. Yeah. That's what I call him. Yeah, literally. <laughs> he's probably yeah. one of the ones balancing all this consciousness on the planet. You know, yes. he's up I there. Mean, yeah. And my friend. <laughs> Yeah. And my friend, Robert Ahoro, you know, he, he had such a horrible childhood and, you know, dealt with like, come, you know, dealing with having been gay and dealing with his family and and just shot like into this unbelievable consciousness Hmm. out of the dirt. Yeah. So I'm saying, and that's why I'm announcing this is because anybody who's watching that is in the dirt, literally in that 50%, you know, in that 50 zone, you can excel beyond your wildest dreams. I mean, it, you can be unbelievable to this planet. Amen. You know, don't give up. So, no, <laughs> Casey, that was awesome. Oh, I love. Well, thanks for the question. Seriously, like yeah. I experienced some significant breakthroughs just by thinking about this question. Yes. So how perfect is that? I mean, I really, I really loved it and had fun with it. Okay, your turn. Okay. Oh. Hmm. Ready? Okay. So my question to Kelly and, um, well, I'll do my disclaimer right after. So what are your thoughts on parenting from spirit versus from ego? As in, how does that shape the parents' thoughts and actions as well as their own personal peace of mind? And what would you say to parents who feel guilt for various reasons? How does that fit into this overall picture? And my disclaimer is anyone listening to this, who's not a parent, everybody cares about someone, you know, maybe you have a niece, maybe you have a nephew, maybe you have someone that you mentor, even someone who's five years younger than you, that you feel 
you know, that you've mothered or fathered in some way or that you feel like a mentor to them. And I would also say we all have parents. I mean, that I can make that statement emphatically. We absolutely do. And as you're listening to Kelly and this discussion, you can also think about it from you know, how, what did my parents deal with? Even if you're not a parent, and even if you are, you can also think about it from what did my parents deal with in terms of guilt, in terms of coming from ego versus Mm -hmm. spirit, you know, Mm -hmm. and you can have, you know, kind of a well of compassion for some of that as well. So whether you're a parent or not, I do find this question to be incredibly useful. And I just wanted to say that. Okay. And no, and that come in because it was in, you know, it's been in my sphere and I thought it was just a really good question to address. Yeah. And, you know, thank you for that because this, I wanted to make that clear too, is this goes across the board. I mean, this is with your daily life. This is even, I mean, these are things that you can implement that I'm going to talk about even in your relationships with um, your partner or, you know, your, your parent or your dog or your cat or your horse or whoever. I mean, this goes literally across the board. Um, and you know, and this is really, this is really a big one too, for older siblings to their younger siblings, because of course they were all dealing with parenting in different ways, but yet still underneath the same roof and dealing with the parents who had the damage that then passed the damage through and on and on. So this is how I'm going to begin. And I think a lot of people are going to really um, either like this or hate it <laughs> because it's one of those like shocking statements. That it's like, what the hell did she just say to me? Ooh, I can't wait. So, and I know that I've mentioned it before in case you've heard me say it a million times, but let me just begin by saying as a parent, this is in the parent realm, you are nothing but a vessel and a portal for the spirit entry. Okay. This spirit that is entering, you do not own them. You do not control them. <laughs> and if you try, you will get nothing but a fight. Okay. And I mean, I see that on a daily basis and I even know that I was just an entry portal. Okay. <laughs> but my ego and everything else gets in the way and then I get a fight back. So how I'm going to start is definitely on the ego perspective. Okay. Parenting from the ego. So when we parent from the ego, we parent with control. Okay. Like I just said, we're trying to control somebody. We're trying to control the ideas, the way that they're thinking, the way that they're reacting to certain situations. Hey, don't do that. Hey, Hey, no, no, no. Go over here instead. Hey, watch out for that. You know, don't, if you climb that tree, you're going to fall and break your arm. Please get down from the tree. You know, it's constantly that control. Um, and, and the thing is, is that we're not allowing any space for them to, um, I guess, navigate their own person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I could be telling my daughter to get down from the tree because I don't want her to break her arm and her entire goal in life could be to climb every tree on the planet, <laughs> but I'm shutting it down because I'm saying get down. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's just like a stupid way of putting it as an example, but it's still an example. <laughs> um, yeah. And I want parents to know that in people in general, that your happiness and your success as a parent or a person, you can't have it be highly dependent upon how your child is reacting or behaving. The moment you do that, you are completely destroying them and yourself. There is no sense in trying to figure out how they're gonna turn out or how you want them to turn out because they didn't come here to live a life for you. They came here to live a life for them. Their life is their life. 
your life is your life. And a lot of ego-driven parenting is caused by our past of ego-driven parenting. So where our parents <laughs> have completely um, parented us on the ego system, okay? And they have been the same. I mean, it just, it's like, you can go so many generations back. You know, I mean, you can go all the way back to Christ. You know, if you were to follow your lineage all the way back, those people were controlling. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, it, it, it's how you come into this life. It's how your DNA is structured to control the behavior, to try to get them to do this, to try to get them to do that. Please be a good person. Please be a good person. Please be. And here's the thing. You can teach them all of that. Being a good person, having good morals, having good values, behaving well. And it still doesn't mean they're going to do it. <laughs> I know really amazing parents that children have ended up being drug addicts. How did that happen? They were in the church every Sunday. They were wonderful people themselves. Grew up in a very, very um, formal families, um, very wealthy families. And everybody was just prim and proper. Well, what was the problem, do you think? They didn't let them be who they wanted to be. They felt less than. They yeah. felt ignored. They felt misunderstood. They felt like they, they had no answers. They had nothing to go to. And that's what ego parenting does. So if we go into the spirit parenting, that's where we're giving them acceptance and we're giving them love and not from an ego perspective. But what we're doing is we're almost kind of an outsider and we're allowing them to know their guidance system. You know, okay, you have your own path, darling, and you are going to live that path. And if you are happy, I am happy. If you want to dance in circles and not do your homework and get an F and get, <laughs> that's your path. Do I want you to succeed? Yes. Do I think you should succeed? Yes. But is that my choice? No. Okay, that's not my choice. It's not my position to tell you how to be and how to live your life and how to formulate and figure out what you came here to learn. Because for all I know, you're supposed to be a crack whore on the side of the road, ascending in a matter of 18 months to a position I could never be in. No. I don't know. That's, that's, the, that's where people, when they're parenting, they get like really upset because they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to keep them from doing that. Well, here's the answer. You don't need to know and you don't need to keep them from getting there because they're going to be what they're supposed to be. They have a contractual agreement coming into this lifetime on what it is they're supposed to know and what they're supposed to learn and how they're supposed to expand and all the experiences they're supposed to see. You don't have that for them. You have it for yourself and that's it. And this goes across the board. Like we said, when we started this whole conversation, the parenting deal, that's the same thing for a sibling. That's the same thing for a friend. That's the same thing for a lover, your husband, your wife, your mom, your dad, stop trying to make people figure something out that isn't theirs. So here's where it gets a little bit interesting. 
Now, now, before I go there, let me do say this on the, on the spirit parenting. You do have one job and that, like I said, that's to help them find their guidance system. Okay. And their inner path. And that's just letting them kind of navigate themselves. Okay. Like, how do you feel about that? Not, Hey, that's wrong. Okay. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about the reaction you just had to that person? Help them find and navigate that. Okay. And then the most important thing we can do is trust them. Okay. They know where they're supposed to be. That spirit is not dumb. Never will be. They know where they're supposed to be. Trust that they know that. Let them know you trust them. Use that word on a daily basis. Hey, listen, I know you're going to go do that. I trust you. I trust you to use your best guidance. I trust you to use your guidance system and your inner path. And I know you're going to pick the right choice. Trust them. Let them know that from a young age. Teach them to trust themselves. Teach them to love themselves. And you as a parent, like I said, trust them. That's huge. I think a lot of kids would tell you, especially teenagers who are out there rebelling and they're like, I'm going to a party and I'm going to drink and I'm going to do this and that. If you just turned around as the parent and you're like, I trust you, use your best judgment. They'd be like, what? There's no fight. And it would start to, you know, rework their psychology and help them know that, you know, I trust you. I get your guidance. I mean, I, I, I even have a mother now, 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 like I have like a different mom than when I was born, like six moms. I have a mother now that, you know, sometimes I think a lot of my issues in life have been because she didn't trust my choice. It had to be her choice that made sense. And so for so long, I was underneath that umbrella of thinking that I needed to always choose like she chose so that I was right. Yep. But that's not my life. That's her life. And once you can separate that, even as an adult, I mean, fuck, I'm 38 years old <laughs> tomorrow. Happy birthday. You know, know. Um, 38 years old. And, and I'm, and I just, like a couple of years ago, I came to that realization really just within the last year bloomed into it. Like, this is my life. And I am trusting myself. And I wish you'd trust me, but you don't. But I found my own trust. I made my decisions for me. And it's the same thing, whether you're parenting a one-day-old or a 40-year-old or a 70-year-old or an 80-year-old sister or a 90-year-old sister whoever it is, let them trust themselves and you trust them. Okay. So now the second part of your question was how does that shape a parent's actions as well as their own personal mind? Well, when you parent from spirit, it's free. You feel freedom, you feel lightness, you feel space, you feel unconditional love, you feel understanding, you feel positivity, you feel truth and expansion, you feel all possibilities for your children. Because you're happy because they're happy. They're climbing the tree, they're dancing instead of doing work. They're 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 the paver instead of the doctor. They're the, you know, the florist instead of the lawyer. Like, but they're loving their life and you're loving that too. Yeah. They don't have to be you. 
And in spirit, it's so free that way. If you parent from spirit. Now, if you're parenting from ego, yeah, you feel shut down. Everything feels negative. Everything has to be orderly. Everything has to be this way. There's lies. There become lies from your children, lies from you. You're lying to each other. You're closed off. You're not communicating because everybody's trying to be something they're not. And parents have this way of um, forcing their problems onto their children. So, hey, I didn't have this from my mom, so you're not going to have it. What is that? Did you give birth just to find a compass? <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, you drive me to where I need to go by me driving you where I want to go. Yeah. No, that's not why you had a child. And if you did, if you had a child for full fulfillment of yourself, then you're in the wrong spot <laughs> because they are never going to fulfill you because that is not why they're here. So the last part of your question was, what would I say to parents who feel guilt for various reasons? Well, I think I pretty much spelled it out. The only way that you're feeling guilt is because you're trying to force somebody to be something they're not. And the second that you take away someone's inner guidance system, an inner source system, and inner knowing to make it your own, you are going to feel guilty. I don't care again if that's your, your child or your parent or your grandparent or your cousin or your aunt or your uncles or, or your loved one or your husband or wife, whoever it is that you're trying to swipe their whole life away, you're gonna feel guilty. How could you not? Because your inner being knows that they're here for their life and you're here for yours. And there's no way around it. So stop using your children as a way to expose your own shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? How many times oh. do we do it? Yeah, a lot. How many times do our parents do it? Okay, so I'm having, I, I'm having a really bad day. Well, you're going to fucking suffer. <laughs> okay? And as soon as I'm done yelling at you, I'm going to feel a little bit better. Oh, seriously. Right? So pay attention to how you're coping and dealing with your day and with your life. And trying not to project that onto others and especially your children. And then you will be operating from a spirit parenting space instead of an egotistical parent space or being space. Um, I think that uh, it, if we allow the present moment of growth, okay, so parenting from the present moment, then everybody's growing together. Okay. All right. This is how I'm feeling. I'm recognizing it. I know where I am. I'm going to try not to be attached to this emotion. And now I'm going to deal with you. 
it's okay to not have a really quick reaction to your child. It's okay to take a few seconds or minutes before you even say anything or respond to the way that they're behaving, just so that you are coming from the correct space. Now, this goes back to a little bit of what you were talking about, Casey. Yeah, of course, we're gonna have that free-for-all human moment where we <laughs> MF the world, including the poor, the poor child that's in front of us. <laughs> but the thing is, is that there's also recognition of why, why are we upset about how they're feeling? Is it because deep down we're upset for the same feeling? You know, are, are, do we not feel loved suddenly? Are, are we upset with ourselves just like they're upset with themselves? And because they're being a reflective mirror, we freak out. Be conscious of that. Yeah. Who are, are you mirroring me, dear? Am I really feeling, do I suffer from that? I do. Okay. And this is hilarious. Yeah. Because ever since two days ago, when I started looking at this, like I said at the beginning, my, my five-year-old has put all of this shit into action. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. The attitude, the um, reflection of how I'm feeling, the, um, I don't want to, she actually said this to me today. What? I don't have to think how you think. Wow. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And I said, I said, honey, you are a hundred percent right. That's great. You are so right. You don't. And that's what we have to remember is that they don't have to think how we think. They don't have to behave how we behave. We need to heal the problems that exist within us from our parenting modes, from our DNA structures, from all the stuff that comes before us and fix that. And then we also have to, while we're fixing that, be conscious that they are their own entity. That is them. And this is us. We're to provide shelter and food and a good clear path for them to find their inner guidance and get their feet on the ground. And then guess what? Say la vie. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> We're like holding on to their legs, holding on to their hair. Where the hell are you going? Don't do it. You know, don't do that. And, and so many people see it in a reaction. Let me go. Let me go. Let me be free. Let me be who I came here to be. And that is the biggest part of that is that nobody belongs to you and a child is not your identity. Keep that in mind. They are not your identity. Just because they don't follow suit doesn't mean you failed. You're failing yourself because there's something in you that isn't following suit with who you truly are. But they did not fail you and you as a parent did not fail ever. Okay. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> have another I love it. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got a drink. By the way, gone. Is so it? <laughs> no wonder you liked it. You're drunk. Amazing. <laughs> that was fabulous. 
<laughs> didn't hear a word you said. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it, was shit. it was fabulous. Yeah, listen to the recording tomorrow. Oh, no, Kelly, man. that was like so beautiful and deep. I mean, part of me doesn't want to say anything because it was so perfect. I mean, I love, and I love that you've got to be in a guidance system, right? Because yeah. it's so honoring. You know, and like you said, it doesn't matter who you're talking about. You could be talking about someone of a different political party. You could be talking about your child. Yes. You could be talking anybody. about anybody, literally anybody. Your teacher, like anybody. Right? Yeah. Like anyone I, you look up to, anyone you look down to, it doesn't matter. You know, yes. we're all just, and I love that you use that. And with the trust piece, you know, because if you, um, I think it's such a mirror because if you're not giving that space to others, you're not giving that space to yourself. It goes back to what we always say. If you're trusting yourself and you're trusting your own inner guidance, you don't have to force it on others. You don't have to worry about what everyone else is doing, right? Stop trying right. to wake everyone else up and focus on your own expansion mm -hmm. of consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. And so much of that does come from trusting yourself. And then yes. you're you actually have, it's like breaking the glass ceiling. You actually have a capacity to trust others. You may not do it all the time. Right. You may not be perfect at right. it, like we said, but at least you have the capacity to do so. And mm -hmm. I think that relates so well. You know, it's almost like you have to break through a certain level of consciousness so that you can have this level of play. Because I do think it takes a level of play to you come from it. it. You can't be so serious. I mean, it almost mm -hmm. to me, the words that are coming to me from what you said is, really serious and playful. And people might say, well, being playful, I mean, that's, that's not taking life seriously enough. And sure. I mean, there's something to that. To that's that, fine. Though. But on the other hand, you can be really serious and weighed down and really, you know, contracted in the mm -hmm. levels of consciousness. And, and what's that doing for you? You know, you have, but to that's have ego again. It's ego, right? So it's because you're controlling ego. something. That's and true. You're you got it all perfection. Tight. Yeah. Yep. It's got to look this way. It's the know-it-all thing. Right. I love that you brought that up. You yeah. know, if it looks this yeah. way, it's good. And if it looks this way, it's bad. It's and bad. I know yeah. the right way and you mm -hmm. better goddamn learn it. Right. And yeah, exactly. Person, you want to control it. Like, well, they're my kid. You know, if everything else is out of my control, I can't control the president. I can't control my neighbor. I can't control my husband, but damn it, I'm going to control my kid. Right. Oh, so yeah. I think they are the ultimate scapegoat for they that are. ego energy. And there are times, I mean, I've been like, Oh my God, sister, like pull it back. Cause this is not, mm -hmm. this is not him. This oh. is all you. Right. And like poor exactly. kid, you know, taking the brunt of that energy. I mean, it really, yeah. yeah. Look at what I just got today. I got the full fledged words. <laughs> That's so great. Because I'm like, Oh, you know, Sydney, it's important that you, this, this, this. Oh. I don't have to think like you. Yeah. You know, I don't, yeah. I'm not you mom. It's like, yeah. <laughs> You're not it's true. Oh goodness. Yeah. You know, no, and then so honor that. that. Yeah. And I the love honor, that because you used space. that word just at the end here, you just yeah. said honor. Yeah. And I love that word, honor them and honor yourself. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, I love that. I love yep. that. I'm going to totally play with that the next couple of weeks and just really, I'm even going to talk to August about it and just kind yeah. of bring up the words inner guidance system and just, you know, mm -hmm. trust, like, I'm really going to, this is good stuff. I'm really yeah. going to play with this. I like this. Yes. You know I mean? It's stuff I've been certainly trying to do, but I see where I Absolutely. can really up my game. You know, yeah. I can up my game. Yeah. And, and you'll see him kind of like, once you tell him that, yeah. You will see the tire launch of, yeah. I am free, move out of my way, <laughs> you know? And the only person you're going to have to fight with that is my brother. Oh, seriously. Okay? 
Oh, I know. Because there's another example of the parenting to the parent of how things should work. Mm -hmm. Erase that. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have to hit him with a pan, go ahead. I won't tell you why. <laughs> I have your permission. <laughs> yes. Oh, Even man. energetically. I think there's ways of hitting with a pan energetically. Yes, you bet there are. <laughs> Just by being so strong in my center and my bubble, man. Yep. Oh yeah. You bet your ass. Oh, that's great. So, so we're going to have a little, you have a little thing to read, which is yes. perfect for what yes. we've just updated. Oh, perfect. Here it is. And, um, and before we do that, we just want to kind of open the floor. I think, are we going to do, if somebody wants to submit a question to us for mm -hmm. next week, yep, um, for sure. one for Casey in particular, and one for <laughs> me in particular, just one altogether, that'd be great. Yep. Um, otherwise I'm going to seek you out and ask you a question for a question. So you guys better just volunteer. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And I think that's what we're going to do next week. So just putting that out there before we end with this great little passage that Casey's going to read for us. Perfect. Thank you, my dear. Yeah. Um, it was an email that one of my favorite energy workers and mentors set out, um, sent out. Um, David Manning, and I've mentioned him before. Mm -hmm. It was just a beautiful thing he had wrote around um, the final eclipse that we had on the 4th of July that was so okay. powerful and kind of completed that cycle. Yeah. It's about self-acceptance. Self-acceptance is key now. A profound level of self-acceptance is calling us. An acceptance of all we have ever been in human form. All of the trials and tribulations all of the lacks and losses, scars and wounds, along with the triumphs and joys of being in a human body on this planet. The beauty and heartbreak of being human are immense, and we have volunteered for it all. Can we totally and wholeheartedly accept that through all of our lifetimes in this world? Mm -hmm. Can we allow that acceptance to deepen even further into a full embrace of our otherness? There is more to us than simply being human, not to belittle humanness, but it isn't by any means the whole story of us. The details don't matter here. The planets and star systems of origin, the lineages and cosmic genealogy are not important for this acceptance of self. We can though wholeheartedly accept our universality. We can embrace all of ourselves because even as individuals, we are many. We can embrace our vastness and our limitations. We can allow for our light and our dark histories without being overwhelmed by any of it. We can accept every single thing that has ever happened to us or been done by us in this or any other body, on this or any other planet, star system, galaxy, or universe. We are not defined, contained, or limited by any of it unless we choose to be. We are it all and everything. And from that point, we can begin again. We can start afresh. Wow. Love that. So good. Well, this is fun. I really enjoyed yeah, this that was, format. That was great. I mean, like we said at the beginning, we had no idea what each other were going to say. So it was, I know. You know, we were listening way more intently than we usually do. I agree. I agree. No, for sure. So, and plus it was our own questions. So of course, ego said, I want to hear. <laughs> what are they going to say? <laughs> yeah. 
So oh, no, I thought it was going to turn out shorter and it didn't like at all. Oh no, I, I think hilarious. you guys are going to be watching an hour. Sure. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, going to break it up into a couple it. parts or no, I'll oh, be, yeah. it'll be fun to listen to this one again. It'll be great. All yeah. right. Well, we love you all and we hope you all are going to have a wonderful weekend and yeah. we'll see you in two weeks. couple weeks. And like we said, submit some questions either to Casey or to myself or to both of us and we'll be happy to do our best at answering them like we just did with each other. Yes. Perfect. Take care all of you and um, namaste. Namaste. We love you. <laughs> I love you. Bye, Bye for now. Bye.